I dreamed of traveling the long road, singing my songs to that distant stranger. Yes, I know it's sad for you, but it's something I got to do. And I will be coming home, back to the mountains, back to being free from all there is to be. Coming home to live and the life I once knew. Hello, everyone. And welcome to Bedtime Bible Boys with Brock, Trey, and Theron TJ. Thanks Thanks for for listening. We love you, Mom. And you too, Gail. Reading the Word isn't necessarily being still, but I do know that when I read the Word, even for just short periods of time, it kind of helps, it it prepares me to pray and to receive. This is something that we've done for years now, and I think about it, and we've been struggling to find this, the rhythm with everything else we have going on in life. I think especially me as the leader of this family, I need to remember that the Lord has to be our priority. It's just too easy to make everything else a priority, whether it's work or sports or going out and having fun with friends. And I don't just mean you guys, I mean us, me and mom too, that there's so many opportunities to prioritize something else over the Lord. And it's easy to fall into the trap of doing it. I truly don't believe that it's the type of relationship where God is saying, you know, fault, do this or else. I don't think it's like that at all. I think I notice a change in the peace in the household and even in my own heart, the way I'm interacting with you guys and other people, the way I'm allowing the bad news or the difficult things in this earth that are going to be part of this fallen world, the way I let them get to me, you know, get to my spirit and and bring me down. When I let fear come in and control me, when fear should have no place in my life. So we just want to make sure our, I, I want to set, you know, a goal that we're going to do a better job here, even if it's for only five or 10 minutes of reading the word and continuing on our journey of studying scripture and knowing our father better and allowing the spirit to just work inside this family. You good with that, Brock? That sound good to you? Yes. All right. The last time we recorded, which isn't the last time we read, but the last time we recorded, we read about Jesus healing the man with leprosy right after he gave the Sermon on the Mount, kind of going back and fulfilling what he said to start off with with the Beatitudes that It's going to be the people who are weak and sick and low-hearted that are going to be blessed, right? It's not going to be the proud. It's not going to be the people who think they got this. It's only going to be the people who turn to me and know that I got this. Poor in spirit will be blessed, right? And the very first man who was a man with leprosy would have obviously been poor in spirit, and he was certainly blessed. Because the Lord healed him of his leprosy, right? Would have meant he no longer had to live outside 
of society, but he could actually rejoin society. He could actually be a part of the community again. And we are going to continue in chapter 8, verse 5. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, asking for help. Trey, do you know what a centurion is? Back in that day, wasn't it like some kind of horse soldier? It was a soldier. It was a soldier who was in, uh, had authority over a certain number of men. And if you think of the name, a centurion, how many men do you think he had authority over, Harper? Ten. A little more than ten. A hundred. A hundred, right? Because what's a century? Oh, a hundred years. I thought it was ten years. Close. So I've been alive for a century in one year? That's not that close. (laughs) It's a decade. Ten years is a decade. He would have been a decade-urian. Decade-urian. I I thought you were saying that ten was close to a century. I think that was not close. Well, next time you're not close, I'll tell you you're not close. (laughs) Yes, sir. All right. So he, he was a ruler or had authority over 100 men. He was a soldier that had authority over 100 other soldiers, right? A centurion. A centurion came to ask for help. What country would he have been a centurion for? Centurions were Romans, right? This was a Roman soldier. A Roman centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Just the fact that this man would go up to the Jew, he was a authoritative man within the Roman kingdom to some degree, and he recognized Jesus as Lord. Right? He didn't have the concepts of Pharisaical Judaism and the concepts of, oh, God's going to come and be this glorious ruler who overthrows the Roman government. All he knew was what he had heard or what he had seen. That was enough for him to call Jesus Lord. He says, Lord, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, Brock, what do you think Jesus said to him? I will help. I will go and heal him. Basically, I will help. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. Now listen to what he says. Listen to what he says. He's going to make a comparison here, right? And the comparison he's going to make is going to tell you positionally where he believes this sickness is in comparison to Christ, right? He's going to use a comparison in his own life. And through that, he's going to be communicating to you what he believes, the centurion believes, where this sickness is, this paralysis is under Christ, right? He says, just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. How many soldiers, Brock? A hundred. He's a man of authority. I tell this one, that's the soldiers beneath him. I tell this one, go. And he goes. And I tell that one, come. And he comes. I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. So basically, this man said, you don't have to come to my house. You can just say the word. Just do it like Be healed. And he said, I know you can do this because 
I'm a man with men underneath me. And when I say go, and when I say come, and when I say do this, that's exactly what happens. So basically he's saying, you are Lord. You're Lord even over these conditions. You're Lord over these diseases. You're Lord over all these circumstances because all you have to do is say it. And I know that you have authority over it. Does that make sense? He's like, he's claiming a faith in Jesus that nobody else had claimed yet, that nobody else had shown yet. That's like, you're Lord. You don't need to go anywhere to be healed, to, to heal something. You have complete authority over sickness and disease and lack and discomfort. You have complete authority over these things, just like I have complete authority over these 100 men that I've been given authority over. It's the same. Does that make sense? But to have authority over one soldier is easier. That doesn't take faith. I can see, well, that's your position. You know, you're the captain and he's the lieutenant. Captain has authority, right? That's easy to see. But to tell somebody, you have authority over paralysis. That's basically saying, I can see that you're God. And he was. So when Jesus heard this, this is verse 10, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth. I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. Trey, what do you think he's talking about when he says many will come from the east and west and take their place in the kingdom of heaven? Who are God's people? The church. At, at, this, at this point in time, who are God's people? Jews. The Israelites. What made the Israelites feel like they were saved? That they were Jews. That they were Jews. That's why they believed they were Jews, because they were sons and daughters of Abraham. Right? They really didn't believe, Jews to this day don't really believe in Jesus still. I mean, for the most part. Uh, so they believed that they were saved by God because they were children of Abraham. That was the whole basis. I'm acceptable because I'm a child of Abraham. Does that make sense? The gift, the things that the Lord offered through the Old Testament were blessings and curses in the flesh. He didn't offer them blessings and curses in the spirit. They believed that they were okay in the spirit because they were children of Abraham. So what Jesus says here is not a small thing. He says, I will say to you, I say to you that many will come from the east and the west, which means the different corners of the earth, different countries, not Israelites. Americans, Mexicans, people from China, Chinese people. Yes, from many corners, from every corner of the earth, people will come to take their place at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is the lineage that all these people from Israel thought they would, they would be taken into the kingdom of heaven. He says, no, these people from different nations, many will come from the east and the west, and they will take their place in the kingdom of heaven, but the subjects of the kingdom, which would be the Israelites, and, and in this case, the Israelites who reject him, will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. What do you think gnashing of teeth means? When it, do you... it seems like... <laughs> 
anger, right? Anger, right? Why do you like what? Yeah, why do you make this face? Like, why do you gnash your teeth? Because you're angry, right? You're angry. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. So Jesus takes this opportunity to not only reward the centurion for his faith, to heal what he came for, but also to explain to the people that were still there, still following him, that the message he brings is a message of faith, and it's a message of faith that's going to be open to everyone in the world, right? And that, in fact, there will be many outside the kingdom of Israel who will come uh, to the kingdom of heaven, and it will be through the same faith that the centurion the Roman centurion demonstrated was that faith that you are Lord. Do you believe in what God says? Do you believe in who he is? All right. Well, that was fun. And we'll continue on in chapter eight tomorrow. I love you, kids. I love you too. You guys are good kids. <laughs>